day job. Let's go. Look at me, Damien. The black is dying. Yes, you Son of a bitch. Done then. Let's start Blade Job episode twenty six. This is going to be a uh, this is a Mother's Day episode. I know we said last week it was going to be a Cinco de Mayo episode, but did we say that? Yeah, because I, <laughs> I, but I think it's silly because like we always record on the holiday, but then it's posted after the holiday. So it's like we need to be more diligent about looking at holidays ahead of time. So we finally did and looked at Mother's Day. Cinco de Mayo is on the fifth, right? Yes, tomorrow. Okay, so yeah, that'll have passed. Long so it's like we could have done out. a single DeVio episode. I think we could still cover the movie. The movie I was promising that would blow Steve's mind is called Night of the Bloody Apes. We oh, might, yeah, I forgot. Oh, we God, might watch it at some it. other That's point. Right. I, could, I forgot. I, well, it also, oh, too, shit. I was trying to find it, and I couldn't find a fucking non-Spanish rip. Oh, That's how fucking well. obscure the movie is. I could only find Damn. actual videos of it, not even subtitled. Or dubbed. Goddamn. I <laughs> so, forgot that you showed me that shit. Yeah. Ah, man, that's a bummer. All right, well. we'll find another time to cover it, because we're kind of doing a new format now where we're going to be covering full episodes of movies and then full episodes of wrestling. So it's going to... Maybe a little shorter episodes, but, y- you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be doing a lot more deep dives into movies and then covering wrestling on separate episodes deep dives on wrestling so that's the beautiful part about having your own podcast you can do whatever the fuck you want to do yeah and we didn't even like get like a review that said like your podcast sucks we were just like hey in let's fact, just change it up a little in fact we're what uh fucking two we're, stars i think oh, no i'm sorry two five star reviews so <laughs> thanks you two that that gets us to five stars which is most more than a lot of podcasts so sure let me actually confirm that while you introduce the movie here today we're talking about today. Yeah, so like I said, we're doing a Mother's Day episode, so we're going back to 1980, an early... This is before Pac-Man fever. A year Sh- prior, actually. Oh, Pac-Man's that old? 1981. Well, we're going back to just before Pac-Man, and we're covering Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Directed by Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. Well, not that Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> not that Charlie Kaufman. For all you... Cinema files out there. It's not. Just, can I be honest with you? I think I've seen one of his movies. I've seen adaptation and Internal Sunshine. Eternal Sunshine. Sunshine. Or you know, I've actually seen and being John Malkovich. See, I've, I've seen, seen none of those. I've, I've seen, seen all of those. I've seen and didn't care for Anomalisa, and that's it. I don't even. I didn't know what that one is. That's the one that came out like I don't know, maybe four or five years ago. That was all like like the stop motion puppets essentially. No, okay, I didn't see that. It was it was fine. I mean, I don't know. I get it. I really I've been wanting to watch an adaptation for like ten years. I just never got around to it. See, like, he's one of those guys where like, cause, you know, I was like an English major for a long time, so like, I I I, 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 like, I appreciated like screenwriting like screenwriters movies. You know what I mean by that? Sure. Kind like of? like um, well, that's more of a writer. I was gonna say Secret Window. Is that like a writer one? I don't know. Yeah, that was Johnny Depp. That's right. Oh, the remake is. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. Like I've always loved movies that just have like you know, like the movies that win best screenplay. Sure. Of the Oscars are the ones that interest me more than best picture sometimes. Okay, well, that you makes know? sense because they're not always the same. Well, no, I mean the best picture can be a, you know like think about which is fine. I like Green Book a lot. I didn't love it, but I liked it a lot. I don't think it should have won best picture last year. So what did win like best screenplay? Do you know? Uh boy, I should didn't fucking I shouldn't have since Bohemian I just said I win? love that. No, <laughs> that couldn't have worked. I don't know what I'm gonna look that up, but um, but yeah, yeah so but Charlie Kaufman is one of those guys. He's like a screenwriter 
very celebrated screenwriter. But we're talking about ch- actually Charles Kaufman, who is brother <laughs> of Uncle the, Lloyd. Not quite the, the illustrious career as no. Charlie Kaufman. But Lloyd Kaufman, uh, what would we call him? President of Troma? Like I think he's the king president. of Troma. Maybe the, king, the brainchild at the very least. I mean, you know, probably one of the most more influential independent director producers ever. Is that fair to say? Besides Kevin Feige, explain yourself, please. You want me to explain myself? Just explain who Kevin Feige is. Kevin Feige is the architect of the modern, the Marvel comic cinematic universe. Oh, I was, I said independent film, Steve. Oh, okay, oh, I missed that one. But with that, you know, we're hitting. Okay, I'm gonna pull my stopwatch up here. Right, we're we're giving Steve is ninety minutes. Ninety minutes. That's no, I'm a sorry. Long ninety seconds. Ninety, 90 seconds. I can do ninety minutes. Ninety seconds of Endgame. Um, uh, just talk you know well, so, well the problem is you know, so the official the official unofficial official no spoilers please either. well that's the thing i'm trying to say the official spoiler ban is being lifted on monday tomorrow well it's past monday when the, when you're listening to this but tomorrow or i'm sorry on monday for us two days so, two days so come monday uh there will be no spoiler i mean you can, you can spoil whatever you want so be careful with that one um, it was amazing. I fucking loved it. Three hours didn't feel like it at all. Just like Infinity War was two and a half. Felt way shorter than that. I'm going to see it again with my parents tomorrow because they haven't seen it yet. Uh, it was worth the wait. Fucking great. Some moments right. I like wanted to cry. I do this thing a lot where I'm in theaters where I'm just like, ugh, I cover my heart because I'm Whoa. just like so happy. I don't I think I've ever cried at a movie. I don't, the I don't cry during movies. I've cried know? at a movie. I'm not going to... I pretend I've never cried during a movie, but I don't think I've ever cried during a well, movie. Well, I'll theater. tell you this. Nothing makes me cry more faster than fucking Soldier Coming Home videos on YouTube. Those get me hardcore. I don't know why the actual narrative movies can't do that for me, but maybe it's just a drama of it. Anyway, it was amazing. It was incredible. Fuck my... You know, I obviously, it's, the whole movie's all spoilers, so there's no point in the going into plot. Well, what was like... Thing. Just... Okay. What was like something cool that's not a spoiler? Uh, that's not a spoiler. Yeah, like some, like me, like I'm not like <laughs> sell me on the movie. Wow, I mean, have you seen all the ones? All the are you an MCU fan? Because if no, you're not, I then you're not seen, missing like, much. any of them. So well, like, well, just, I'll tell you this though. Tell me something you think that me and our fan base would enjoy as the schlock B movie crowd. There's no, there's no comparison to that. There's no connection to it, man. Well, is there violence? I'll is there explosions? Is sure, there, yeah, uh, for sure. Okay, anything I'll, okay, cool like okay. that. Okay, there's a decapitation about five minutes into the movie. Okay. Okay. That that's sold good. me. That sold I actually good, was not going to see it, but that also ends... I even gave you a... Uh, over, over. I give you well, two I'll minutes. tell you one. Well, I'll tell you one more thing. Okay. One more, one more thing here. I see a lot of people on Twitter who say that they know people who did not, who have not seen any of the movies, but they loved Endgame. Oh, that's which cool. Is weird. I mean, I've seen. I saw uh, whatever um, Infinity War. Okay. Well, if we see Infinity and I've War, I've seen you're some good, of the Captain Americas. Man, you're, and, you're fucking good. They're no, I've good. seen like probably like, of the MCU. I've probably right. seen. Why do you think that's some like weird thing? It's MCU. I don't know because I just that's all I'm seeing lately on social media is just. Well, I'll tell you right now. The the end game right now is tracking to be, surpass Avatar as the highest of all time. I don't know if it's going to do it or not. I don't think it has the legs. Okay, but well, no, I've seen I've seen most of the movies. I mean, they're just you know to me they all just run together. Like it's hard for me to they remember. Do. They do. You know, Winter Soldier oh, versus like you ones. know. Uh, Avengers two, like it all just Age of is Ultron, like, you mean? Yeah. it all runs together. In my that's head, fair. So. That's fair. But anyways, okay, yeah. So 
That's um, it. That's, uh, that's that movie. I'm, I'll, I'll probably check it out. I don't know. I heard it's just a little, you know. It's three hours long. A couple little birdies saying it's pretty good. So. It's three hours <laughs> long, man. It, it does not feel like it, though. It, is, it fucking, you know, it blows. I don't think I've had so. a theater experience that long in a long time. I saw Maybe Ben-Hur. the last time I saw a theater experience that was probably comparable to that was when we went and saw 2001. That was probably oh, yeah. the longest movie I'd sat down for in a, in a while. And that, was an, that had an intermission. Yeah, Endgame should have an intermission for fucking three no. hours. I used to think that too, but now that I've seen it, there's no place to put it. There's no way. It's it just it constant, just action and you know, and plot all. That the sounds way like it's poorly written. They should no. have an actual like no second act it. where they can just put it an intermission right in there. There is a. I guess there are spots where they could put it, but I'm glad they didn't because you don't need to kill that mood. You just like blow right through it, man. All right. Well. Speaking of not that at all, I'm drinking Odd Side Ale today. Whoa. Boysenberry Blueberry Fruitsicle. I, I'm glad you asked. It's terrible. So but I'm going to drink anyway. Yeah. I think this you? is like the second beer I've just given you out of my fridge that people have left over that you've just haven't enjoyed. Mm. Oh, that's spicy. Yeah. That's gross. Sour. It looks like, uh, it looks just like uh, melted blueberry. Like See, ice had, cream. Well, had I known, ugh, had I known that it was like a fruitsicle, like a popsicle taste, I wouldn't have gone for this. But you know what? I'll try anything once. I don't, you know, I'm yeah. not. I don't regret getting it. I don't regret opening it and drinking it because it's all about new experiences in your life. You know, it's mm-hmm. boring. And I, just, I you know, totally uh, so. Agree with that. All right. Ooh, holy shit. Let's so, fucking, mm. anyways, like we said, we're getting back on the train here. We're doing. A Mother's Day episode, because as you're listening to this, it's either Friday or Saturday, or maybe it's even Mother's Day, but it's Mother's Day weekend that we're dropping this. So, so um, t- so I'm trying to interrupt you. The, the movie that won Best Writing last year, yeah. the Oscars, adapted was Black Klansman, and original was Green Book. So, oh, I, I like do have the Black Klansman um, book. Book. It's yeah. good. It's a good movie. So I might, some weird I choices. I think I mentioned this before in the podcast. There's some odd, spikely things that he likes to do that I'm not a fan of. But uh, I haven't seen. So maybe I'll enjoy the book more because I won't have to deal with those choices. He's a good director, but he'll never be. He'll never get close to fucking do the right thing. Never. Yep. That's and that's. that's just so like we had our we had our MCU yeah. talk and our obligatory um, do the right thing. You know, because phrase. That's all I do. Yeah. It's just like how Tarantino will never make a movie half as good as Inglorious Bastards. It's never going to happen. That's yeah. his, it'll always be his best movie by far. And I don't know if Charles Kaufman will make a movie ever again either. <laughs> ever again, period. <laughs> I don't know. That's I don't think he did much alive. after. I don't think he did much after Mother's Day. He's still alive, dude. He, he did a couple alive. things after Mother's Day. He did do a couple things, but I don't think they were even like on the level of Mother's Day. Mother's well, Day. What was the what was the leather the leather Jesus the level of Mother's Day? I mean, the budget was one hundred and fifteen thousand yeah. dollars, which I think. Well, first of all, it's very it's fucking nothing. That's a shoe in movie making, especially in nineteen eighty with shooting on film and everything. That is a fucking microscopic budget. Oh yeah, that's uh, shoestring baby. Um, but I, I, I from what I've seen on screen, I think I can. That would it makes sense. I think they. I don't think they stretched it too much. I think they probably just spent that kind of amount. Yeah. Especially knowing that they all shot in essentially one area location, you know? Yeah. Well, that's not true at all. I guess they do. I guess this movie kind of, they have scenes in what they, call, of course, call Chicago and New York. New York and I'm assuming Beverly Hills well, at I guess this top. I'm assuming, well, I don't know if they're going to have the shooting locations on IMDb here, but yeah, they do. Connecticut, New York, and Stillwater, New Jersey. So, so okay. they're all in like the New York yeah. tri-state area. 
and of course a lot of those you know what do you call them the city scenes are all short so i mean 115 grand i guess i could you know that makes sense to me yeah but that's kind of trauma's thing is it not is to really stretch your budget and to make a fucking movie trauma is like the definition of make do you know deal with what you have or what's what's yeah. the phrase you know DIY. make the best out of what you got do it yourself just figure it out yeah well one simple example of that is you know does this a scene and i i don't think we're gonna go plot points this time i feel like no we'll probably br- we'll probably briefly brush on some stuff but i'll mention but... scenes the opening of the scene of the movie takes place in a classroom now i'm confused about this what yeah so i actually looked this up because i was confused about it too Okay, good. I I'm not and I didn't know what the you... fuck it was referring to. Sure. Um. So yeah, it opens up on this class, which I, I thought it was kind of weird. I thought it was like a cult at first, or like a self help, or like yeah. a an it's AA like... maybe. But I guess it was like kind of parodying these things called EST things. It was like a thing in the seventies where it was like it was called Earnhard Seminar Training. And it was just kind of like, it kind of was like culty, where it was like you'd go and you'd do these like six class courses where you like better your life. Wow. I have a story to tell you off the record then about a friend of mine who did a thing called the Landmark Forum, which is exactly what you're describing. Yeah, and it's like a course you go through. It's I don't a, really... Basically, it was like a bunch of weekends that you yeah. do. It's all about unlocking your potential. Yeah, it's essentially what that is. And, that, th- and this is kind of Troma's way of poking fun at this EST um, thing because the, the the class at the beginning of the film, it's way over the top. You know, it, it has, you know, it's, it's way overdone. They're like kissing each other at the end saying like... I don't remember what they said. Like, well, I love it? it's you. It's EGO. It stands for Ernie. What was it? I don't remember what it was. In the movie? Yeah. In the movie, it was called EGO. I was like... Ernie's... Oh, I, wish I, I don't remember. remember. But it was like... Yeah. It was something... Um, yeah. I wish I could remember what the hell it stood for. But the actual helpful, the but... actual thing in real life was called EST. EST, huh? And EST was like the... what you. It was a big thing in the 70s, I guess. EST. Yeah. It's called Earnhard Seminar Training. Earnhard, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look that up for a second. No, but I, I that is a story that I need. I need to tell you that maybe I, I wish I could do like a bonus episode, just me telling the story of my friend who tried to. Is, to, it, a, uh, is it a friend that I know? No, it's a friend. Okay. No, I went to school with him over there. Um, yeah, this is down in Atlanta when I used to live there. He he tried to get me to join this. To no, join yeah, this I've heard that they have like a cult. Like I went to one of their following. seminars where they recruit other people. Yeah, uh, it's a long story, but it's a good story. It's interesting. Like when I looked up EST and I came to the page with fucking Earnhard seminar, like in the like recommended links on Wikipedia, it had Scientology, like as like a recommended topic. I might also be interested in. Yikes! So yeah, I think it's just one of those. But yeah, so the movie starts with this kind of class that the mother. Or I guess the main antagonist. I think her name is just Mother throughout the movie. It is, but I guess it doesn't really explain why they're all there. I guess she's just like tracking people. She's just like attracting people to her. Um, Earnhardt seminar training. Yeah. Sorry, I'm 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 still on that section. I'm I'm, I'm interested in this kind of thing because it's like that's. It you is. Know, that's, uh, I, it's it not around. What I've done. It's not around anymore, though. I thought I saw that it like ended like in the eighties. Yeah, probably. Just defunct nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. 
Yeah, but I thought that was interesting to include that in the film. It's a very yeah. of its time kind of thing, I would think. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Like back in 1980, you probably had a, you probably knew somebody who did something like that, you know, in your just circle. like the landmark forum. Uh, what's the landmark forum? Then it's a similar. It's type very thing. similar. Yeah, very very similar. It's just like a you go there and it's all about unlocking your potential. It's all shit that you ask. What is it? What do you do here? And they give you vague terms and not actually telling you what it is. But you pay, right? Oh, oh, oh you do pay, right? So. Or I was I was asked if I wanted to pay. When I heard how much I was, they were making me pay. I said nope. Yeah. Um, I mean, I went into this meeting knowing what the fuck it was. Well, I guess I found out about halfway. It's a long. I'll tell you the story later on. It's a very. So you long almost story. joined a call. Essentially, didn't you joined. almost joined a call. I didn't almost join because I knew what it was immediately. That's why I just, even though I just said it, you know, about halfway. But I was at a recruitment meeting mm. for a friend who was part of it. I see. Um, and about halfway through, I realized what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, long story. I'll tell you about it sometime. It's a, it was a nice night. Well, okay. Anyway, very similar to what this is. That's, anyway, that's kind of how it started. Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, yeah, somebody from our generation watching that it is kind of weird and culty, but I guess it's a thing of the time. It's like. Something that existed. I guess the whole point of all this this anecdote is the fact that a lot of the <laughs> of the, of the uh, audience, the students in this in this these shots are crew members. So yeah, I mean, you know, I've having worked on many productions. Of course, you know, mostly smaller productions. But yeah, exactly. You kind of have to make do with what you have. And yeah. if you're able to fill a, a room with people that are already on your production, why yeah. not? You can save some money rather than having extras and such and paying them. Yeah. yeah. And apparently, too, I guess, um, for the next scene that it, well, eventually it kind of gets to was with the pool party scene. What was the point of that scene? <laughs> Just to introduce the Trina character. Okay. And show that okay. she's rich, I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for another sip of this beer, so don't Make sure it's me. in the mic. Make, yeah, sure that, maybe sure, make sure your gag reflex is in the mic. Oh, it's like... It's like... <laughs> it's like beer wine. It's like... Yeah. Wine. That's like, that sounds like a soft parade. That's what, what I kind of thought it tasted is? like. Oh, it's, this is what soft parade tastes like? Gross. You've never had a soft parade? I know. I just never had one. I don't think. Oh my god, that's like sacri- That's I like, like uh, that's almost on the level with not drinking Oberon in Michigan. I feel well, like. that's the thing. I feel like well, Oberon sucks. I feel like Oberon is Oberon babies. Really Oberon, two oh, bells, hearted. hearted. Those are baby's first beers. Those are like <gasps> baby's first, not like you know, butt rock beer. You know, Whoa. like Bud Light and shit. Are you comparing like? So you're saying like Bud Light is like Nickelback. I'm but, saying, but but two like uh, an Oberon is like maybe a uh, like a shine down. Like sure. it's a little, it's that a actually, little, it's a little less popular, but it's still that's actually rock. an apt comparison. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Basically, yeah. I, I, it's, Oberon is not a good beer. Okay. Too hard. It is fine. But the point is, it's like everyone's first. Like if if, if they want to get into like micro brews, quote unquote, mm-hmm. the first one they always go to are those two. Well, you know, it's like witches need, brew. People, baby steps are a thing for a reason, Steve. Oh, I know. It's very elitist to claim that, but yeah. it's a fact. So, okay. you know. All right. I've become a beer snob. It's true. I, I became that, <laughs> which I used to hate. That happens. I'm a, I'm I know. I, too, I, so. like, I don't even, like, I God forbid I even, like, offer you a, a, a Labatt. I know that anymore. it's like, uh, you know, you, it's horse piss, but I mean, I, I just... If or I could, a Miller Lite. If, <laughs> if I had to choose between a Miller Lite and all Founders All Day IPA, it's no fucking competition. It's like, yeah, the I understand. But if you're at a bar the much more and you're beer. paying $2 or $3 for a Miller Lite, 
I wouldn't do it. I just simply would do it. I would say, uh, give me a Coke or something. I know so. Why would I want to pay that? I, for me, you know me. I get bloated easy with beer. I'm not, why am I? Why would I pack myself That's full true. of Miller Lite? You should, we should be drinking tequila, anyways, for single yeah, de Mayo. Yeah, what the here. fuck, man? I don't have it. I just moved. I have. So I, don't. I have margarita mix at home. I should have brought that shit. Yeah. Well, anyways, we're getting on a little tangent here, but yeah, so we're the, here the crew members are used throughout the movie for any kind of like busy, um, busy crowded scene, which I, I've been, I've read is a trauma trope where they use a lot of crew members throughout just to fill up scene space. So for context for trauma, what other movies are is trauma known for? I think they're probably I don't know if it's their most famous, but I think it, among their most famous is The Toxic Avenger. I would say Toxic Avenger is probably their most famous. And that's the only one that I've seen most of. Or should I say that I've seen and I've only yeah. seen most of I would it, say I Toxic Avenger probably is their most famous. It's probably has the most recognition. But I mean, they've done a lot of stuff like, you know, Combat is it combat shock? I think that's what, what it was. Trauma war. You know they've done a lot of action. They've done Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. You know they've had some big names come through there. You know obviously. Um, uh, oh fuck! What I almost called him Tim Gunn, but he's the guy from James Gunn. James Gunn. Which, Tim which Gunn's of course, the make it work guy. Well, that's the whole funny thing about that when he was fired from Disney because he had right. those fucking tweets and that people are like he's a trauma guy. He makes yeah. these awful, you know, fucking jokes of, that are really gross and graphic. And and I believe, yeah, and back, like so. I think um, before um, they were on doing stuff with TV, I think uh, um, uh, Trey Parker, Matt Stone did Cannibal the Musical through trauma, yeah. and I believe that was before South Park. So, mm, you know, South Park was 99, so Oh, it was, it was before South Park. Yeah. So, I don't know, Troma has like a legacy, I would say, of breaking in oh, directors, you know. We looked at like uh, a few a documentaries stone. on Troma and the the credits of people who had either worked with or been influenced by was it's fucking shocking. It's insane. honestly shocking. And Lloyd Kaufman, the kind of ringleader is He's the godfather of like splatter exploitation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he definitely took it. He took kind of, like, that mentality that, like... And we've talked about this in older episodes of, like, Roger Corman. Mm -hmm. Like, kind of took that mentality of, like, oh, where Roger Corman's like, oh, I got, like, a great deal on, like, a rental location of, like, a castle. So I'm going to make fucking five movies in a month to just use this cool location, you know? So it's like using the what's around you. It's the ultimate DIY, man. It's just like, shove it's like a movie Robert into Rodriguez it. shit, yeah. Yeah, and then Kaufman kind of took that, I would say, mentality and ran with it through kind of the that like direct to video sure. age of the 80s and like it's just we, like it's trauma it's funny how like in the, in the age now of like youtube and shit and how people can make funds on their smartphones i wonder what you know yeah i wonder how trauma would differ i mean it's not i mean it's still and i think around, and i but. think that lloyd coffin's the type of person who would go out and encourage people to just make a movie oh, on sure, their phone absolutely you know just, two two off topic housekeeping notes i'm steve carly this is uh eric Marshick, my man i always forget to do that also this is our inaugural recording in the new in the new studio yeah, the new studio actually i literally studio. i don't think it's as echoey as i thought it would be no it's nice you know i put a little carpet down here so our new uh podcast apartment studio apartment studio yeah. so i just want to get that out of the way yeah but so yeah so this is our first trauma movie too and we probably cover some more in the future i would like to i'd like to see more trauma yeah but um right off the bat i want to say i wish this movie was more violent i liked it um you know yeah so we should kind of go by saying like this is kind of it's a. Uh, 
it definitely falls into the genre of like the late seventies of like a rape revenge. Yeah, like it was funny. I, I was almost. I don't know that if that's actually a true genre, but it, I mean, definitely it definitely is, is. a exploitation subgenre of it's, the time. Like I was gonna say that this is more tame than I was expecting, but I guess when I mean tame, I mean in terms of gore and blood. I don't mean like yeah, this is a rape filled movie. Yeah, so this is by no means a tame. Rape, there's movie. a lot of uh, yeah, like. Not even implied rape, like just no, straight up shown not, but not, assault. It's, it's not quite irreversible hallway rape scene, you know, no. Gasper no way, but it's definitely, uh, you know, uh, vicious rape. Yeah. And it was, it was, there was Very so much, style. there was so much sexual depravity in this movie that it's kind of known nowadays as being one of Roger Ebert's most, like, loathed movies. Uh, yeah. Like, he wrote a scathing like fucking thousand word review of this movie and it's it's pretty brutal he did not like he gave it zero thumbs whatever the fuck he used to give stuff <laughs> yeah like, it was two thumbs up That's he did not give Siskel. it two thumbs up well this is before Siskel and Ebert I guess so he probably just gave it zero stars or whatever is this before Siskel I guess it was but mainly but not very but he was far still far. writing reviews and he did not like this at all no and yeah it's kind of become I guess when I said like this is maybe Charles Kaufman's um, best work. I mean, I guess it's maybe not his best work or whatever, but it's definitely the one the only movie he's done that has kind of retained somewhat of a cult following. You know? Yeah. I mean, you go on, you Google this movie. I mean, you'll find boards of people who do really like it. It kind of reminds you of like, was it my favorite, my Valentine? What's it? What's um? My bloody Valentine. My bloody Valentine. That's what it kind of reminds me of. Yeah. In, in terms of like call, you know, because that they they also both these movies that and my bloody Valentine had a remake. You know. Uh, yeah. Recently ish. Yeah. Yeah. And this kind of we were talking about this earlier. Like it kind of. I don't know why, like what happened in our country around this time, but it was like 2000. I'm gonna say 2009 and 2011. Yeah, like it was like period. they were remaking all of like the revenge rape movies, like I, I Spit on Your, your grave, grave, Last, Last House, House on the Left, left um, My Bloody Valentine yeah. in 3D. It was a big deal yeah, because yeah. that was you know I think Avatar. For Tom that. Atkins is in that. He's a bit role. Does he? Yeah. Uh, Straw Dogs is in there. Straw Dogs. But yeah, like these kind of like home invasion, rape. I mean, you also have, of course, the uh, like the Texas Chainsaw. Was yeah. Remake, and then, you know, but I think even Halloween. even as those were getting remake, like I, do, I just like you kind of got this weird like, I almost want to say like rape movie remake. Yeah. Where you had like those I mean, big yeah. infamous 70s movies being remade around the same time. None of them of course are highly reviewed or did well domestically no. or you know financially. I don't, and I believe some of them were even like shocking that they watered were down to like PG-13 ratings and it's like Well like Prom Night was PG-13. Yeah. That was another remake. Things like that where it was like yeah you're getting these kind of like weird teeny movies. I don't know. It was a weird time and like when we were in yeah, ending high school. Yeah, what the hell was that all about? None remaking. of them did well. I mean, in any way, no. it's just weird to me that it's like they even tried that. But the Mother's Day remake, I will say, because I did see it in theaters in 2010. Which is weird. That's, that's a shocking. Thing. And it's really bloody. Um, I mean, I wouldn't really recommend it. It's not that great, but um, right. it's violent as fuck. I'm just trying to think. Like in tw- in 2019, if you if 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 any studio one that was like brought the idea of remaking I Spit on Your Grave, they'd be laughed out of the fucking. I believe lot. they actually did like two or three I Spit on Your Grave like remake. Like I just they, they remade I Spit on Your Grave, and then I think they made two like sequels like I Spit on Your Grave two and three, which I don't believe there even was originally. 
Like so. in, the, in the in the era of Me Too, Times Up business, I just you can't even fucking fathom remaking like I spent in your you know last house on the left anything that involves a vicious rape. I'd be curious to go back and look and see if any of those were fucking although, Weinstein company although, releases. Well, yeah. Although they I guess he was a horror guy. I guess one half of rape revenge is the revenge part. That's so true. I guess it is kind of empowering. No it is like it's definitely know, like and that and that is kind of the when I said like it falls into that rape revenge formula where we were saying it's not that violent. I mean obviously there's a lot of sexual violence throughout but the violence even in like the uh, you know very controversial last house on the left there's not a ton of violence until the last 15 20 minutes same with i spit on your grave it's like kind of like audition only the first the most of the movie yeah. is fucking dreadful and then the last yeah. bit is not even remotely what you would expect no not, it's, it's like it's like audition but there's that there's like no payoff right and there's no or there, i'm sorry it's like audition but there is a payoff because right. <laughs> there's even no payoff some semblance of worthy of worth watching the movie but um, but even like uh, um, if we th- like go back to the when we were doing our lists last year for Halloween, there's that Shutter exclusive movie that came out called Revenge, Revenge yeah. which kind of is like a modern take on this. I would say like revenge rape plot where a woman gets assaulted and then, but that one that one apparently did really well, I, dude. I guess, she because that one does not wait till the end, the last fifteen minutes to pay back. Like wonder, she is paying motherfuckers back the whole movie. After she gets raped. Why so. did that one work and the others did not? I really... That is an interesting... I think, well, for one, It's, it's I obviously do. A, more, a more difficult subject than I think it is, a more complicated yeah. than I think it is, because... Uh, well, I guess... I mean, I guess it really boils down to, is it made well? I mean, from what I yeah. understand, Revenge is made well. I Revenge mean, is, is done in a way where it's like... it's For one, I think that it, it kind of breaks the formula where it's fucking... It doesn't have this kind of hide and seek middle part. Oh, that's what these I kind see. of have. It's like that makes sense. You know, more, woman you know, gets assaulted, and sure. then the movie's like hide and seek or escape for the whole movie. Then the, it ends with the revenge. Sure. Where the movie actual the movie revenge kind of it the it assault takes place, that. and then it's just like she gets balls to the then wall. She fucks it all up afterward for like the next hour. Okay. Well, I, 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 and the effects are really sense. well done. You know, it's very violent. I I don't know if it's French or Spanish. It's it's. Revenge. I think it's Spanish. I, I, it might not be either of those, but if it is, if it is a foreign language, it's definitely a foreign. Because I saw it, and it was not in English. Then it's got to be Spanish. Then, but I mean, it almost felt like one of the French extreme gore movies, like high tension. Yeah, movie fucking. It, it had a lot of Dope really movie. intense gore high tension remains to me the best use the best sound effect for a ripping of a, of a throat like a throat being slit i've ever heard in my life you know what i think the best ripping and just like the sound fucking gore just gore sound in general mm-hmm. bone tomahawk oh. when the guy oh, gets yeah. cut in half movie is so fucking good the just like the the chops and then the tear and then just like the organs like plopping like With the screaming it was it's uh, all very accentuated and heightened for sure whew. that actually that was one of the few that times i actually felt kind of like yeah ill i don't usually feel like i think i was also probably like, eating like a fucking like burrito while oh, watching yeah. it well that, just, that, that, that movie sneaks up on you and and i was just like whoa that that movie movie put, i had to you. put my qdoba down for like a second <laughs> The only movie, horror movie, where I've been like, I, th- I thought to myself, like, holy shit, I feel sick, I think it's the first Hostel still. Mm. That was that was a shocking amount of violence. Of course, you know, I mean, I remember I watched the second one on my Zune, which Ooh, is an odd sentence to say. That seems like something that you, I feel like 
I you strike me as a person who would be very against watching a movie on a screen that small. Yeah, but it was it was hostile part two. I couldn't even tell you how I got it on there, but yeah. the point is that was the only movie where I'm just like, holy shit, man! Yeah. And I th- I feel like if I went back now, it'd probably not be nearly as bad. But at the time, around 2007, I was like, yeah, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, <laughs> but even like like Serbian film and even like I've never Human Centipede, like I don't get oh, that necessarily that sick feeling. I don't know. There's some because those movies are more like almost to the to like what we're talking about here, where it's a, a it's lot of like sexual violence. Oh, that too. Yeah. Which I don't. In a weird way, doesn't hit me as hard. Sometimes maybe. I mean, well, those movies are also meant to shock. Like right. hostile movies. Yeah, I guess they're they're you know, they are in a way meant to shock, but it's also more organic. When yeah, I mean, I'm in no way saying that Serbian film is not fucked up because it totally nah. is. But I'm just saying like it's a different type of fucked up. Yeah, than, it's, it's meant to like, shock. The actual just, like guts being ripped out. Like Bone Tomahawk is like fucking shocking, but it's not yeah. meant to shock. It's just like holy shit, this is savage. yeah. Maybe that's it because it's like it does kind of it is kind of almost tame up until that point yeah i fucking love this scene yeah. we, we could do a whole episode on that movie period that movie's incredible yeah, we can cover bone time i'll get some more it's um, a fucking great movie and it is like that's craig zeller man one of the one of the, the career probably actually i'll probably say it i don't know if i've seen a gory or western i think it probably my, takes the cake is like a, i don't know if there's any western that also like well it's, it's classified it's, as like a splatter film it's it's a, it's a western horror yeah and i and that is a new genre that i am into i love the idea of a western horror and that's the best one i think there's not a ton out there no there needs to be more there's one um i mean it's not gory at all but if, if you like more classic stuff uh high plains drifter oh, yeah sure with clint eastwood yeah where he's like where he's like it's kind of like more like supernatural horror though mm-hmm. like so really think like haunted house but Western, huh. it's pretty fun. I didn't realize that. It's I know there's like creepy. The Australians do well with like that, like the the proposition. That's a good Australian kind of yeah. Western, you know, violent. John Hillcoat, great director. So, but yeah, like we were saying, like Mother's Day, really. Well, for one, there's no reference to Mother's Day in this movie. Well, yeah, I don't think that this takes place on Mother's Day. It's just I think it's Unless, kind of a tongue in cheek thing because yeah. the whole basically the whole point of the movie is that these three women are trapped, you know, being assaulted by what is basically like two son lackeys of a deranged psychopathic mother. So I really think it's more of like Mother's Day. I don't oh. think it's like supposed to be Mother's Day, like you know, yeah. Which of course I think the whole point is you're you know you're supposed to think that it's like a you know, um, yeah. But I don't. But I did look, and this did come out like on Christmas. Did it really? Which is also an interesting, like, I think it's a very trauma IMDb thing IMDb said it came out, like, September 19th. Oh, did it? Mm-hmm. That's what IMDb said, anyway. I don't know. Maybe I was looking at something where it, like, it hit, like, a certain theater on Christmas then. I'm sure it's played on, like, that kind yeah. of thing, you know? But that seems like, uh... But, no, it was not released, like, on Mother's Day, is what I'm trying to Far say. Far from. September 19th, 1980. Yeah. Ten years and two... Ten years and two months before I was born. Whoa. Your Literally. parents were just, you weren't even like, you weren't even a twinkle in their eye. My parents weren't married yet, so. Yeah, did they even know each other yet? Yes. Oh, okay. Yep. You might have been a thought. My parents met in the dorms of college. My dad used to make the donuts in the calf. And how do you not marry that guy? What a catch. I don't think we had donuts in our calf. No. We were, you know. Because they, they went to Western, you know. Oh. Western Michigan. Anyway. Anyway, so yeah, so I guess the point of this movie is kind of real quick. Let me go back. Um, there is a group of college friends. Speaking of college, co- co- three college friends, um, effectively known as the Rat Pack. 
three three an odd name coeds it already exists. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they were kind of going with there, but kind of a legendary like if, if you're if you're naming your group, <laughs> that's the one you don't use. But okay, yeah, but they do, um, and they oh. do this thing every year where they go and they, one of them picks a location and they surprise each other on like a trip or something. They go on like a trip and one person plans it and they blindfold the other two and take them to a spot. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it seems like it's usually a camping trip. I don't know. There's not a it's ton of explanation, but there's really this, need this to movie be. is not devoid of any cliches. I'll just no. say that. So, but I mean, I don't know. It's kind of an interesting thing, I guess. I don't know the whole reunion type it thing. It works. It's it's fun, I it guess. Works. But and I guess back at that time, it wasn't exactly this old tired cliche. So yeah, it works. And so at and so, you know, night two of their stay there, they are attacked and kidnapped by a group uh, or two two brothers who were introduced to at the very top of the film which goes back to the the est class fake est class where mm-hmm. um the mother recruits these people to come back to her house and they are then quickly decapitated by the brothers so we know who the oh, brothers yeah. are off the top of the film and then we meet our heroines and then they soon too are kidnapped by the brothers is that is that fair is that fair to take how it pretty much starts out i guess yes i believe so so um but then they kind of are are they brought back and it's like they're um they're like this is the social trying to figure out steve okay. they're they're are they trying to impress the mother by assaulting these women the entire movie like in your opinion well i think the mother uh is the ringleader like they're putting out a it seems like they're putting out a show the whole time oh okay i know what you're talking about because they do kind of like do this almost like a stage play right like when they first kidnap them and they take um the one who one friend i think her her name was jackie they take her out right and they like reenact like a park scene Remember yeah, like, I do remember that. And the mom's watching, like, like why, like, I don't. So it's like they're performing for her. I don't know. What is your take on the whole <sighs> mother? Like, is she like? I mean, clearly she's in on it. Well, yeah, but she's is the she leader. like in a weird way like getting off on this like on this rape? You know what? I'm well? I'm gonna just accept that because. I, I, yeah, I mean, I getting off like sexually, I don't think so, but getting off with the idea, sure, the yeah. power, sure. Because at one sure. point too, like the next day after this horrible kidnapping and assault takes place, we see the two brothers having like a almost like a rapist boot camp training montage that the mother yeah. is encouraging. Yeah. Um, I and, wonder, yeah, because this, this is obviously, she's been grooming these two sons for obviously their entire right. lives because they do have this morning re- regimen of, uh, what, I mean, I'm trying to think of some of them, what, there was a stab, kind like, of, kind of like, 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 like stabbing like a, sandbags and like, yeah, doing push-ups. Put, and, what you would think of like some, for some sort of like World War II battalion, you know, yeah. boot camp. Smashing uh, like vegetables with hammers. Just like Gallagher would do. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, and I, yeah, I don't think she was training them to be comedians, though. No, prop comedians. So they, she probably could have. That would have been. She could have. Jackie would have survived. So yeah, would have been a lot better for her in the end. But yeah, because again, like I said, we, we learned that like right off the bat when she tricks the two um, of her classmates yeah. into being killed by her sons. 
Yes, because they have they, they do that quick fake out where you think they're yeah. gonna like uh, you know turn on the engine while she's working on it. Yeah, but then they do just turn on the radio. So I'm assuming they didn't have any ulterior motives. They just, no. just okay. Yeah, it was kind of like a classic like you think that they're gonna be the bad the uh, people at the yes. beginning. You think that these this couple is gonna kill the old lady, but well, you wouldn't suspect an old lady of being in cahoots. But then with the old murderers. lady kills them with her sons. Classic, gotcha. Shocking so, audiences, 1980, September 19th to be exact. Yeah. So the rape and assault takes place that night. Uh, and then the next day, the other two college roommates sneak out, and that's when they start to kind of plot their. Life. And that is when the one what phase three, phase one yeah. get, get caught, phase two get raped, phase three revenge. Yeah, and then the then then they get their revenge. But so pretty straightforward plot. Yeah. So I mean. What are so some of the like gorier scenes? Like you said, not a ton of gore. I just expected um, more with it being trauma. But maybe I maybe I'm just not you know. Yeah. I, I, when I think this of the Toxic Avenger, maybe it's not as gory as I remember it being. But Toxic Avenger is almost it's gory, but it's also kind of falls into like we should cover Toxic Avenger, but yeah, it kind of falls to. into that kind of like uh, I call it sloppy gore. Yeah, like Slime City. Yeah, uh, I call that sloppy street gore. trash. Oh yeah, like oh, you know, is street trash really gory? Yeah, I guess, but it's not like blood gore. No, it's like slime gore, and I think Toxic Avenger is kind of like that. <laughs> it's sloppy. But, it's gooey, gooey gore. But I think it's important to remember too is that this is 1980. I I don't. Actually, I can look up when Toxic Avenger came out. This is early trauma, though. Yeah. This, this really isn't... Um, 12 years prior, Stanley Kubrick was filming the fake moon landing, right? Yep. Or so they claim, whatever. Yeah, Toxic Avenger is 84. So this is quite early for trauma release, actually. Huh. So, I don't know. It was probably gory for trauma at the time. They were still finding their footing. Yeah, I imagine. Like I think Lloyd knew what he wanted to do. Well, I mean, actually, the, I mean, the talent really... is there. The gore itself is does done well. So yeah, I mean, there's a decapitation within the first minute of the movie. Yeah, well, maybe okay, maybe ten minutes, but five, sure, yeah. sure, sure. But there's a decapitation, and it's shown on camera. I mean, it's not the greatest effect, but it you know it's, it looks okay. It has prom- It shows promise. Yeah. You know, there is. Oh, I'm going to go for another fucking sip here. Here we go. Get a get. A, oh god, here you go. Choke it down. You need to like open your throat up, mm-hmm. like. Does it taste, is it like medicine? Medicinal? Does it uh, taste like medicine? Yeah, it tastes like I'm drinking a wine that's meant to cure my like cold. Mm. Eh. All right, oh, I'm laying down like a fucking. All right, Steve. Steve's laying. Steve might die on this episode. He's laying down. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, I was on my hit list right now, bro. You're on my naughty list. This is a gross beer. Yeah, odd side. Don't even. Well, I mean, definitely. If you want to sponsor us, beer. you can sponsor us. Yeah. We'll, we'll allow it. But yeah, you're on my hit list. But if you're going to sponsor us, then you can definitely. Yeah, be we'll off. drink can, all the we'll can, drink all the creamsicle beer you send us if you sponsor us. We can be bought very easily. Um, Ad space can be bought very very easily for us. But I mean, yeah, the gore scenes. Yeah, it starts with a pretty gory decapitation. I guess you're right. It's not the best, but it's it's doable and it definitely shows promise because as yeah. we all know, trauma gets better and better with their gore yeah. effects. Kind of their whole you know their whole. Uh, um, marquee. Yeah, and I, and I guess I think that's kind of a, you know, if you are a trauma fan, or if you've seen like a few trauma movies, like you could kind of go back at this and look at it as like a humble beginnings almost. Sure. You know, like, because you see a lot of what's to come in this a movie. A lot of it is to come. But, um, I think one of the, one of the best 
gore scenes, which really isn't even that much of a gore scene, is the fucking hands where she's repelling her friend. <laughs> yeah, that's really out good. The I was I was impressed by that one. Yeah, so I think it's um the the girl's name is uh in the film is um Abby, Abby. I believe. And yeah. she's repelling her friend Trina out of the house the they're being kept. God, I hate it. Yeah. You hate the name Trina? It, is it just, I mean, if you're going to name your, your daughter Trina, just do Tina. You don't need that. Take well, the thing is, is it Katrina? Uh, well, it has then, to be. Maybe. Ka- Katrina short for t- But I, I didn't Trina? think about that. That actually makes Katrina? sense. That's fair. All right, never mind. Because t- Christina is Tina. Katrina. Wow. You can have Tina by itself. This is the 70s. Actually, these people were probably named in the 60s, maybe even the 50s. True. So, I don't know. These names are... The name should be like Maude Well, actually, Blanche. no, I take that back because these are actually not their names. These are names invented by Charles Kaufman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it was actually 80s names. Yeah. But Trina is an interesting name. Interesting in a dumb it's, way. Trina sounds like a... Uh, it sounds like I should just be saying Tina. You know who it's, what it sounds like? It sounds like you're like a like a stepmom name in the 90s. I also just think about Hurricane Katrina for some reason, so now mm. you're putting that image in my head. Rest in peace, those people, so... Yeah. That was a rough one. The name sucks. But Trina sounds kind of like a... She's, I can see like a Trina being like pretty trailer park hot in real life. Okay. You know? Now, now you, you, you reeled me back in. Now yeah. I'm in. Fair okay. enough. So, anyways, Abby is like they're stuck in that what, in like a workout room for these yeah. fucking demented boys. Well, well, one of them is ripped as shit. He's one like, of them is ripped as shit. He does a lot of like one arm push ups during his like rapist training. So clearly, he uses it. But um, yeah, she's like re- she she puts Trina in a sleeping bag, and then lowers it out of a window, and the whole time the rope is like slicing through her hands. And as she's, like, loosening the grip, you see the rope, like, running through, right? Like, cutting into her her palm. Yeah. It's, like, cutting in, and it's... This is pretty good. I don't it's, know, it's really good. It's I a cool it's, effect. I think it's the best effects in the movie, honestly. Yeah, personally. you can kind of feel that pain watching it, which I think is always a good... You know, sometimes gore is so over the top, you can't really relate to what that pain must feel like. But this one, I feel like, oh, that's, like, a fucking deep, like... When you get one of those, like, cardboard paper cuts, you know? Her name isn't... Oh, never mind. I'm sorry. It is Trina. Yeah, Abby. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have the names here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, Nancy Hendrickson, who plays Abby, does a good job of kind of portraying how fucking painful that would be. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Good God. <laughs> I, I thought Nancy Hendrickson actually probably stole the show acting-wise of this movie. You know, you know, she stole my heart. Steve's cutie for sure. Confirmed. Yeah, I was gonna say she. I, she stole my heart too. She starts out kind of like she's a nerdy with she's, the glasses. She's got that that Scooby Doo Velma look. Yeah, to her. that's it. that's a great comparison. Yeah, she does yeah, have a Velma look. Do you have pictures of her pulled up right now? I will. Yeah, she was in. Gladly. She was one of the ones who too. I think. Look up if she did anything else after this. She's born in 1950. God, it's just like crazy. It's funny how that works. I don't know. Uh, her her IMDb pictures her laying down in her like you know in her little um, sleeping bag. No, in the uh, underwear shot that was mm. anyway. while she was smoking a joint. Yeah, yeah. Almost all oh all of her IMDb pictures are from that movie. So well, yeah. I don't think she was in much else. The three main um, protagonists, like those three girls, I don't think I looked at the, quickly at their IMDb's and I don't think there was much else included. No, um, not really. But yeah, I would definitely say she was the cutie too. That's that's hands down. And I, you know, 
There's like a mud hole scene where they go swimming in like this like river. They do get um, naked. This movie's got it all. Yeah, it really does kind of have it all. So, but yeah, that that repel scene with the sleeping bag is probably the goriest. Not the goriest, but I'd say like the most effective gore scene. Because after that, the next only one you really get is the fucking hammer to the crotch. Remember that? when? Uh, yeah, dude. I think, so the brothers' names are Ike and, uh, what is it, another name? I just had it. It's Mike and, like, Adley? Podcast. Does that sound right? Um, Mike and Adley. Adley. Yep. Which is confusing because there's a woman named Abby as well. Yeah, well, <laughs> so. Maybe Adley is Abby's, uh, what's the word? Oh, fuck, from us. Joke ruined. Never mind. Continue. Okay. Adley. Tether. That's what it was. Tether. Uh, what is that from? Did you ever see Us? Jordan Peele's movie? Oh, no, no, no. Oh. Was it good? Did you see it? Very good. Of course I saw it. Come on. You gotta call your boys when you go see horror movies. Cause that's, True. I don't, I don't ever go to the movie theater, but I'd go see horror movies in theaters. That's good to know. That's yeah. good to know. Okay. Fair enough. So, I do want to see... Um, oh, we'll talk about it later, but there's a couple movies I want to see coming up. Um... But yeah, Ike and Adley. And I think Ike is the big one. He is. Who mm. is played by Fred Coffin? Yeah, Frederick Coffin. Frederick Coffin? Ike. You got it. Who you might, you know, other fans of shitty cinema might remember is Detective O'Malley from Hard to Kill, the, you know, I- I'm going to say celebrated Steven Seagal vehicle. I need to see that. Um, I, I have it on DVD and VHS, so I can loan what, you a no copy. No HD DVD? Come on. I don't have it on what? No, no HD DVD? No. I don't know if it made the cut for that Killing yet. Me. It probably exists on Blu-ray. Guaranteed. It's one of those fun old DVDs where you can flip it over for letterbox, or you can put it on widescreen side. Oh, yeah, for you sure. Know, where it's just like a double disc. But yeah, Detective O'Malley, which... If you've listened to this podcast, you know I have an affinity for cops named O'Malley, too. So It's true. Um, I know you do. But yeah, so he's like literally... Is he, is he the only actor in this movie to go on and have a career in acting after this? Pretty much. Yeah. So And Fred Coffin, uh, rest in peace, but I mean, hell of a fucking name for a horror movie. It is. Uh, antagonist, I would think. Like the girl, the the woman who plays Jackie, Deborah Luce, did one other other thing. Nope, just kidding. Just Mother's Day. Yeah, I thought I saw one of them became like a screenwriter. Tiana Pierce. Who is she? She, she? she played um the other one. Trina, Jackie. Trina, yeah. She was in Concrete Jungle, and they two years later, and that is it. That might be another uh, trauma mm, release. I don't think so. I don't know. So, yes, to answer your question, correct. But, yeah, Fred Coffin, rest in peace, but he fucking, you know, became a legit actor after this. And he did, he was kind of a cop in this movie for a second. He was. It was a taste of what's to come. He put on a cop uniform and then proceeded to assault yet another woman. <laughs> Beatrice Pons, who played the mother, uh, was born in 1906. God, died 11 years after the movie came out. Yeah, and so we should say the mother... I mean, I don't know. I, just, I thought she was pretty good acting. She was, pre- she was pretty good. Um, I mean, she's certainly been for being for like a seventy-five-year-old woman yeah, in a fucking trauma movie. She's pretty good, and she had like some. I don't know. I looked at some of her credits. She was like an old TV star. Yeah, like 
Car 64. I don't know what that is. I'm assuming it's like a cop comedy. She was Martha in the Superman series in the early 90s. Oh, okay. Or not in the early 90s, but... Late um, 80s. This is... Whenever I see something like this, you know, like a 75-year-old woman in a trauma movie who plays a deranged mother who teaches her young... Her two adult boys to kill. Yes. It's like, how do you... What, what kind of woman is this woman, Beatrice Pons? Mm. Woman after my heart. Well, yeah, I just—it's like it's crazy. She's got a little, uh, dare I say, a little Doris Wishman in her, maybe. Maybe, maybe. She's, she was making fucking gory movies in her sixties, seventies yeah. too. It's just weird. It's just crazy. Like I wish I could meet her in person. Just be like, what made you want to do this? But you know what? I think you, I mean, you're obviously a kick-ass, cool chick. I mean, I'm not an actor, nor nor. Do you know? But I, I would think if I was like, I think playing like deranged horror movie characters is kind of like gotta be fun for an actor. For sure, you dude. really get to you get to cut flex loose, that acting muscle. Yeah. you know, which is why I think too. Like, I don't know if we've talked about this on the show, but I think like comedic actors are sometimes some of the greatest horror actors. Sure. I mean, look at um. Not that it wasn't necessarily a horror movie, but look at like Steve Carell in Foxcatcher. Oh yeah, he's great. I mean, you you could say that's almost like a thriller type performance. I'd say so. And you know, and I know Jim Carrey's kind of fucking crazy, but he has done some horror that is like not, you know, he portrays horror well. Oh, like the number twenty three. Yeah, and Jack Nicholson. Like, there's a lot. You go down the. You go down the fucking line of great actors who've done horror parts. I gotta tell you though, well, not tell you, but shout out to to both Frederick Coffin and Michael McCleary who play you know Ike and Adley. Yeah. Physical like performances, they fucking go. Yeah. Oh, they're jumping around. They they don't. They obviously didn't need to pay for a stuntman, which is what kept that budget down. Because they just use those guys. They're jumping around. They're fucking you know running over. You know jumping over and sliding down tables and knocking yeah. it over. The only time care. a stuntman might have been used or a stunt person was when uh, Fred Coffin's character jumped through that window. And you see, like, a two-second cut of a, a guy falling out of a window. Other than that, though, I think Fred did, like, everything. I wouldn't be surprised if he did everything. Very impressive. I mean, I know. I, yeah. The, the very very Tom Cruise-esque. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Fr- Fred Coffin was a Scientologist and got Tom Cruise into it. I don't think Scient- I don't think Tom Cruise has always been a Scientologist. I think it's been more of a recent issue. Yeah, I think, but was it before Fred Coffin died? Maybe that was his like final request to Tom Cruise. Was. I think what you're trying to say is that these two actors were the number one direct influence on Tom Cruise's career. Uh, yeah. That makes sense to me. That's pretty much what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not saying Tom Cruise got into acting because of Fred Coffin's performance as Ike, but... It, it might, you know. You know I'm not saying know. it's not. I, I don't know when Risky Business came out. But I, I think it was after 1980. That's for sure. 1983 with risky business. So. Yeah, and I don't. And then when, when did Legend come out? Legend. Yeah, I'll get back to you on that one. Legend is probably Tom Cruise's earliest film credit, I would think, because he was nope, young. No taps. Oh, when did well, that come out? I'll tell you right now. Tom Cruise broke out into the into the film game in 1981. Um. So I think so. that confirms that. Fred Coffin was a massive influence on him. Yeah, it pretty much confirms. Also, Legend came out two years after Risky Business, so nice Oh, try. shit. He somehow looks younger in Legend <laughs> than Risky Business. Yeah. He looks like a fucking child. Well, okay. Well, there you go, man. I mean... But, so, yeah, so f- Adley and Ike do meet their end because why wouldn't they? They fucking raped three women throughout this movie. 
Yeah, um, it's kind of obvious. Uh, Adley's is a little better of a kill, I would say, where you get stabbed through the neck and then stabbed in the dick with a uh, you got uh, crowbar or hammer. No, no, it was an axe. You was it an axe? axe in the crotch? Yeah. yeah. So you got axe in the crotch, stabbed through the throat. Um, Ike's is a little. Ike's is probably in the scheme of deaths more the most painful. Well, yeah, where he gets Drano poured down his throat and then electrocuted to death. He was still alive after that. How did he? Oh yeah, then he die? gets and then they use the the electric cutting knife on him. Do they? Yeah, remember she's stabbing him with like the cutting oh, electric knife. Oh yes. So yeah, Ike does really get the real. He gets the worst of it by far. And like, not that Which I'm saying sense. that. Like, I'm not trying to compare their sexual assault crimes, but. You know, Adley was the one who was really doing most of the raping. Yeah. You know, not to really overanalyze the, that part of the movie, but, you know, I'm not saying that Ike didn't deserve the more painful death, but I would say Adley probably should have been the one who got electrocuted and drainoed. They both got what was coming to yeah. them. I mean, they both did rape, so God they both bless. did deserve to die, but, you know... One clearly seemed to put a little more effort into his raping. You know, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. So I would think that he deserves on more, camera more. He deserves a more evil death, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then, let's, should we get into the mother's death? Because it's kind of a bonkers one. How would it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because um, you said... How would you describe her... What, what, how would you describe her death? Well, you... Because you, cause you watched this before. You told me that you watched this before I did. Yeah. And you said it was bonkers. And I'm thinking it's going to be this like, violent fucking, you know, graphic, bloody, you know, disgusting no. death. But almost really... Com- almost comedic. Well, it's kind of hard to explain because we don't even know what the hell they use. So, basically, <laughs> there was... It's like almost like an inflatable balloon pair of breasts. Yeah. Breasts, uh, mammary glands. And he ba- she basically gets smothered by them from who was it? Um, I think it's Trina? Uh, it's uh, it's it's Trina or no, it's Abby. 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 She's she's like the kind of the main heroine of That's the right. movie. That's she right. Go- she That's goes her into story. she goes into like John Rambo mode she after does. the she puts her hair like back and she ties her shirt up. She really compartmentalizes the whole yeah. you know brutal she, murder. She watches her. her friend die in front of her and then goes you know fucking first blood. Yeah, I think I alluded earlier that Jackie does not make it out of this alive. She's the unlucky no. one that you know. Yeah. There's always one. You know, someone's gotta die. Yep. So Jackie put the short end of the stick there, but. Um, yeah, so she basically, so uh, Abby basically just uh, smothers mother, smothers mothers, like the Smothers mm. Brothers, right? Remember that? Oh. Uh, yeah, nice, nice. nice. Um, he basically smothers mother uh, with this sort of inflatable, clear, see-through, inflatable pair of breasts. I don't know what those are used for. Is that like a I don't know sex yeah. toy or is it just? Like I a thought thing? it was a sex toy, but then you said it could be something you put like under your shirt, like if so you make it look drag? like you're way more well endowed. But it was so they were so big, like was, no one would uh, believe you. Yeah, but literally they looked like a beach, like a clear plastic bleach and infl- beach inflatable with like two mounds with the with like pink nipples on the tips. I, I don't I. I guess that's fun. It's fun. I just don't get what the <laughs> point is. Maybe we just don't. Maybe we're not the right audience for that particular. Item. I would. I mean, if it's a sex toy, that's a very trauma kill. I would say. Yeah. You know, it's a trauma would that kind of is something that they would be very much into is using sex toys to kill. Uh, 
people. Anyway, I mean, but that's pretty. I mean, I, I was disappointed with that death. I wish it was something more. Uh, yeah, graphic. it could have been gorier. Considering she was the ringleader of the whole operation, but she but. just got smothered by big inflatable titty. So, yeah, it was fun. Now, right, so we should mention the very end of this movie, mm. which I'm still kind of Ooh, torn yes. about. There, there's Throughout, kind of a surprise ending. I, I guess. I mean. From what you claim, I don't really remember a lot of this, but you claim that they have been alluding to, throughout the entire movie, some sort of um, uh, Nell-like, you know, like yeah. uh, uh, rav- ravenous beast woman sister Yeah, in the woods. Yeah, so Mother, she has a sister named Queenie, who you just hear about the whole movie. Yeah. She's just like, Queenie's out here, we have to lock the door, Queenie's gonna get in. And you never see this person. Until the last fucking second of the movie, she jumps out of the woods and it presumably attacks. And I'm going to say kills because you don't just jump out of the woods. And she jumped up pretty from. high, too. Yeah. She's clearly got So some she legs. jumps out and kills Abby. And but it's just the way that they shoot it. Trina. She jumps out and then it freeze frames. And then it f- zooms in on the freeze frame on yeah. her, on Queenie. Mm-hmm. On her, him, it. It's an it, kind of. It, yeah. It's an it, her, uh, Queenie. And then it just ends with, which, by the way, it ends on the fading to yellow. Which yeah, what do you think some, about the fading to yellow? I don't being know. more of a production type minded person, right? But I mean, I'm you're, you're trying to I'm trying to get into the mind of a trauma director. I but there's all there's yellow throughout. Last time we Every did that, fades. James Gunn got fired off of Guardians Three. Yeah, but he's back. I heard he's back. He's very much That's back. Great. Thank God. And he gets to shoot. He gets to direct and write the sequel to the Suicide Squad. So he's back, DC. and he's like, "Fuck you, I'm back." He's back, and he gets to do DC and Marvel now. Hmm. And you know, because of that, you know, Disney gave him a fucking fat paycheck to, to, for Guardians Three. Now you know sure. it. Which after you see Endgame, is going to be very different than what you think. In a what good is? way, Guardians Three. Oh, so, uh, well. Yeah, but Queenie the, jumping up. But yeah, the yellow fades. Yellow. I don't know. I don't know. I, I thought it was good. interesting. I I don't I don't think so. I just I didn't, it didn't I don't think it looked good to fade to this yellow screen. Yeah. Um. I want to. You know, my first thought is like, oh, it's what do you like, think about so color nice. fades in general? <sighs> Usually, if it's an of old color exploitation, fade, I, think, I think of like blue or I guess red mainly. I mainly the red for like bloody kind of thing. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I feel like I can't one. remember. I could have sworn though that like Suspiria has some like red fades. That I would make sense to me. I don't remember. Yellow sort of, you know, yeah. uh, fucking Argento business. I don't know. I'm I'm just gonna move past that one. I don't know how to explain that one. So, but yeah, but yeah, Queenie kind of appears at the end and attacks um, the the last two protagonists. And who to be survived. clear, you say she attacks. You assume she attacks, but you don't see it. You see her freeze frame in the sky. Well, I don't assume that it. she, you know, holds their hand back to New York City. I mean, yeah, you you can assume that she's dead, <laughs> but I just don't like that. It just you don't even know because I mean, no. oh, it's, oh, you have to assume it's. But that's I get like that. a, that's dumb, a classic. Dumb, but... That's a classic horror trope. Yeah, but I'm over it though. It's like maybe the... not in 1980. I wasn't over it, but. It's I'm like sleepaway it camp, you know, the final shot. Right, but it doesn't freeze frame on that. It dolly. It, it does freeze it, frame it, on it, her face at the end where she's, and then it. you don't know if she kills the counselors or not. But I yeah. guess. I don't know. I know the 400 Blows did it in 1959, the French masterpiece, or so they claim. That mm-hmm. one, they do it, but that's more of like an artistic one and. You know what? Fuck you. How is that any different from this one? Then I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the freeze frame. I guess apparently okay. I'm, I'm teaching myself. I think it right can now. be good and bad. I don't know. This one, eh, it was hit or, It didn't matter to me really, to be honest. 
But, so that's Mother's Day. I think as we go through these movies, I think we need to just end with a, with the good, the bad, and the ugly for these now. Like, ah. what, what do you, what's the... The good for me is the special effects. Okay. Which I guess is a good thing for trauma because that's what they're known for. Yeah. So. And for an early trauma, for, for them to still trauma. stand out. Because, you know, aside from, I mean, yeah, the beheading, the first beheading in the very beginning of the movie is not great, but it's still no. serviceable. But it does get, I think, better. Each but you time. could watch a trauma film yeah. from 2012. And the beheading scenes aren't that great. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? True. So we it's just kind of it's kind of just like a what's to come, I would think. That's fair. So that's the good, is the special effects. And you know what? The acting of the three, the trio, mm-hmm. the uh, the sisters three, I'm gonna call them for okay. no reason at all. I the acting in the in the beginning is garbo trash, but overall from what I expected is better than I expected. The Ooh, acting see, over a across surprised. the board. Okay. Yeah. But especially between the the, th- the three girls, yeah. Um, especially more towards the revenge part of it. Yeah, Abby really does. I think steal the show in that third act. Yeah. of the final revenge. I think Mother tries. I don't know if I would call her acting any decent, but she does definitely try. She gave us her all. Everyone here gives it their all. Yeah, and I mean, I think that that's a kind of tr- trademark of Troma is for having such shoestring budgets to not having the worst acting you've ever seen. Like sure. they they have passable acting usually. Like the you're never really like holy fuck where'd they find this guy? Like you're usually getting people who can kind of hold their own. At least in the main roles. Yeah. I don't for know, horror gonna, movies. For I'm horror not gonna movies. say for the for every role, but I think for the main roles yeah. that may be true. So no, I agree there. The bad I mean it being trauma is inherently, you know, it is a what you would call a bad movie or so good it's yeah. so bad it's good. Yeah. So it's kind of a cop out to say like, you know, the whole movie is bad, even though it's you know, again, it's so bad it's good kind of thing. You know, it's the whole point essentially. So Yeah, I think yeah, we could have a discussion at some point about like what constitutes a so bad it's good. Because yeah, yeah, it's a very fine line it is. of and it's it's very black and white. There's no you know, any no. rules. And I don't think that any there's a lot of stuff now that's trying to be so bad it's good. Like it it sets out to be sure. intent like I would say like a movie like Sharknado, yeah, where it's like intentionally so kishy, which which and, works the first time, but then by Sharknado six, it, right. it becomes very old. But like a movie, but I think a true so bad it's good movie is the true like unintentional ones, which I know you're not a fan of, but the room where he yeah. truly sets out to make a dramatic movie, and it's re- looked at as a comedy. I think yeah. that that's truly what makes us so bad. It's good is when the audience it or, so or, or the fan base kind of takes it and then reinterprets it collectively. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. <laughs> the fan is the fan base is what I don't like about that movie. I just I don't get right. it. You know, I'm but you know not, what I'm I mean? Where like a fan base it, collectively yeah. decides that sure. this isn't what the guy wanted, but we can all agree that this is what we like about it, and that's what I think. But sure. I don't know if this really falls into a so bad it's good category. I think it just kind of just falls into a B-movie, yeah, like trauma movie. I will say, though, for my bad, it's going to be the last shot. 
Ooh, wow. I, okay. I just don't like the freeze frame. I don't like it. Yeah, the more you thought about it, the more you got a little heated about it. It just like didn't it. need to be there. The whole the whole idea of Queenie didn't need to be there at all. What about the... Uh, yeah, the whole Queenie subplot's kind of no stupid. There's no point. There's absolutely no point. The entire point was for them to think they're safe, and then it's very much like... what I, I don't... Is it... Um, which is the the one, the slasher, where the, at the very end, over the boat? Oh, that's the J- that's, that's uh, Friday the 13th. Thank you, yeah. yeah. It's like that. It's like they wanted to do that, but it, you know, it did not work yeah. out. It's ridiculous. It's awful. So that's the bad. Uh, the ugly? Yeah. Is there, I mean, what is the criteria for ugly? This is uh, whatever, you, I get, whatever you think. It's their first time doing it, so. The ugly. Whatever you would constitute ugly. Oh, um, you know what? The guy who, uh, who plays, uh, fuck. Ike? Ike, he's ugly. His teeth. That's the Fred ugly. Coffin you're talking Fred about. Fred Coffin's teeth in the movie are the ugly. Yeah, they are pretty fucked up. They're really fucked up. Yeah. So. That's it. That's it. I, so I think like what we'll do going forward is like kind of go through these movies and kind of do stuff like this. I will give you a good, the bad, and the ugly. And then for wrestling, you can give me a good, the bad, and the ugly when yeah, we that get works. to that. Like, that we'll have me kind of grilling you on movies and you kind of grilling me on wrestling going forward. And Sounds good to me, man. I think that's kind of a formula. We'll see. We'll ride it out and see how it goes. But happy Mother's Day. You know, hey, I know we have a, like a few single mom listeners. You know, I know we're you're our mothers. Yeah, we're in. You will always be your children. So that's you know we're here for. You know this episode is kind of dedicated to you, our half dozen single mother listeners. On one condition, give us a five star review. I know we're five. We're we're perfect five star. Top five star podcast. Keep it up. And if you don't listen to us on Apple Music, like me, because I don't, tell your friends. That's the other way to support the show. Just tell your word moms. of mouth. Tell your moms. Tell your moms. Especially, yeah, especially on this Mother's Day. Share this episode with your mother, please. That's all I ask. We love you very much. All right. See you next Blade time. job out. We'll see, see you next, next week. Probably going to do another movie, but yeah. maybe we'll do wrestling. Keep you on your toes. Hopefully better beer next time. This yeah, sorry. Odd, si- odd side? Odd side ales. All right. Well, Gross. still send us a sponsorship if you want in. Yeah, please do. Okay. We love you so much. Goodbye. Somewhere in the woods of Deep Barren, a woman and her sons live in isolation. When they come out, it's for one reason only. Now let's see what you brought, Mother. Some say she spoiled her boys. Some say she drove them mad. No one who found out has lived to tell. Darlings, you have made your mother very proud. Charles Kaufman's Mother's Day. (laughs) Jackie, Abby, and Trina have come to the wilderness for a weekend of fun. Little do they know that out there something lies watching, waiting. Someone's coming. They're getting closer. There's nowhere to run. No one to hear you scream. When you know how to celebrate, every day is Mother's Day. From the darkest corner of the imagination to the outermost reaches of insanity and terror comes a celebration of mayhem. 
Charles Kaufman's Mother's Day. No one can escape on Mother's Day because Mother's Day never ends.